0: 5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In
1: 5, 4, 3, 2, 1.
0: Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on ninety four three. The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates.
1: On this uh,
2: Veterans Day, boy, this one will go down as uh, one that people will remember. A big return to football. And no, it's not Jim Mora. It's his son, Jim Mora. Oh, you stepped all over it. We had it planned out. Let's hear it. It's not Jim Mora. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? Are so you kidding I, me? What I, playoffs? What I heard today. I just hope we can win a game. Yes. Yes. When I heard today that Jim Mora was going to take over UConn, I thought he'll be 95 when the contract – oh, his son Jim Mora.
3: Yeah, the one that coached the Falcons when <laughs> Michael Vick was there.
2: Yeah. Yeah, how about that? Everybody initially thought it was the other Jim Mora, the older Jim Mora. His dad, this is Jim Elmore, also coached the
3: Seahawks. I'd forgotten which about that. was
2: that UCLA. So he's going to UConn, that poor, poor son of a gun. I guess if you wanted to get back in it bad enough, you'd do anything,
3: right? I guess so. And the way he performed at UCLA, um, he ain't getting a big-time job, I'll tell you If you
2: wanted to get back into football, you would do anything, including bury the hatchet and kiss and make up with your former employer, hello, Cam Newton. Oof. Panthers have signed Cam Newton. Um, boy. So there's a lot of places to go on this. I know the guys that host are on the prowl podcast. The ref, Philip Pilkington is producing today's show. Uh, Ben Byram, who's the other producer of the show. And then Casey, who was an intern here
3: last spring. He's very excited about this. He has loved cam since day one. And I think he's letting his emotions get ahead of logic. You and Ben aren't happy about this. No. Now, I'm going to have you know.
2: I'm going to have you know that we've got a poll up at 94.3thegame.com. That poll has uh, about 22 hours left. So you all can update this tomorrow. The poll, do you believe Cam, the Cam Newton signing was a good move by Carolina? Let me reread that. Do you believe the Cam Newton signing was a good move by Carolina? 65% of those who have voted say... Yes. Just under 35% say no.
3: I need to go vote to get that 35% of a little higher.
2: It's popular with the people. It's popular with the people. How about David Tepper and Cam Newton standing beside one another? That's a buddy cop film I'd see, right? Yeah. That's a buddy cop film I'd see.
3: Um, So what's your beef with it? So they're four and five right now, and even if he comes in and wins the games he should win, you still will probably lose to Arizona this week. You'll lose to the Bills, and you'll lose to Tampa Bay twice. That gets you at an eight and nine. If that does sneak you in the playoffs at a seven seed, now you're drafting no better than nineteenth. If you don't make the playoffs, it still hoses you out of a good pick. And if you do keep him for next year, I mean, listen to this: you have to play the NFC West and the AFC North next year. That is Bengals. Browns, Titans, Raven, or uh, sorry, Steelers, Ravens, Rams. Why are you Seahawks, worried about next year? Because if that's who their fix is going to be, you're going to get beat. You need to just tank this year and get tank. a good pick.
2: They're not going to tank.
3: Yeah, but yeah, with Cam, they're not going to tank. They need a good pick. They need a quarterback for the future. They're not going to. They oh, don't really so think already, this guy's going to be the future. you going already give it up on
2: Sam Darnold. Oh yeah. Okay. So you're going next level there. You're thinking this way too far out, like a football fan who lives and dies with every snap. Here's what this is about. Selling tickets and giving them a reasonable chance to win, but I got news for you. 8 and 9 ain't getting you into the playoffs. You're going to have to win in the NFC at least 10 games to get into the playoffs. This he's not going to win you 10 games. He's got a four-game lead to get you to 10 wins. I'm four four more wins sound about right. And then you are right. That does keep you at five hundred. That doesn't do anything. But they're not going to tank. This is not a tank move. They, now, they may end up losing a lot of games. Because I, I I think the dude's spent. I don't think he's got it. Their offense is not really geared for what he brings with, with Darnold in there. So they're having to reimagine the offense. Here's the delicious irony in the whole thing. Clearly not going to play this week against the Cardinals. Clearly. You know who they play next week? No, no. What is it? Uh, Yeah, next week. You know know who they play next week? Hell to the Redskins. (laughs) Wait, it's a bad word. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. The artist formerly known as the Redskins. As the Washington Redskins, the Washington football team. How delicious would that irony be? Because you know he'll start on the 21st at home against the Washington football team and Riverboat Ron
3: Rivera. He will, but like you said earlier, that is the way to put butts in seats because this place has been 90% full lately, and it's been a third of the other team's fans. I think all this was was a marketing move, and that will be huge. That's going to be a hot ticket, even though both teams are well, subpar. You would have still
2: sold a lot of tickets to that game anyway because of all of the Washington football team fans that still permeate this part of the world. So short-term, that game you just sold tickets. I don't, I don't think that would have been an issue. Uh, Falcons on December 12th,
3: eh, probably needed to sell some tickets when well, Tampa Bay, that's the next home game. And that takes care of itself on the 26th. Yeah,
2: so, I mean, two of the next three home games, you would have sold a lot of tickets anyway. Right? Exactly. Yeah. I don't, I don't. I don't know if
3: I quite get it then. This is going to keep the Panthers in purgatory for a long time. Remember the Bills? Okay, they lost on the Music City Miracle in 99. They didn't make the playoffs again until 2017. That's what the Panthers are setting up to do what with do you, this. I think – now, wait a minute. You think one
2: play set the Bills back 20 years?
3: No, I'm just saying, no, I don't think it was that. But okay. I'm, I'm just talking about how long it was <laughs> since they made the playoffs. There was a well, 17-year a gap because they never were junky enough to get a good pick. Right. I think the Panthers are setting themselves up for that, going off and getting these mediocre quarterbacks. You win seven or eight games a year. You never can draft your guy, let and me, you're never good enough to make the playoffs. Let me tell you what
2: the Panthers' issues are. Ben doesn't want to hear this, but I can talk to you. I can talk some sense into you. They have offensive line issues. That's where they need to be spending their money in the offseason. For sure. Uh-huh. They also have, in my opinion, coaching issues. I don't think they have a play caller who is his reputation is greater than the job. And I don't don't, don't quite understand how he got the reputation he got. Joe Burrow gave him the reputation he got. Exactly. But it was as a passing passing game coordinator in college not as the play caller. And I'm not 100% sold on Matt Rule. I just I don't think Matt Rule's the guy. He's got the contract, so he is the guy based on that. But you'll see Matt Rule back in college, I think, before you see him sign a real long extension with the Panthers. That's, that's how I feel right now. I agree. Could change. But I – so I think those are the issues. Look, it's just, we, we talked about this with uh, Two-Shoes, about Two-Shoes Teddy a couple weeks ago. I don't know if you were here or Ben was here. The issue, it was when Darnold had his first really bum game. And the issue is it was convenient to put it all on Bridgewater last year. Offensive line stunk. Coaching was not very good. They didn't have a chance to have really any kind of preseason under a new coach, new offensive scheme. There were a lot of things working against them we just didn't want to talk about last year. The convenient and easy scapegoat was Teddy Bridgewater. He was the guy that was the the, the problem. Look at what he's doing in Denver right now. What does he have in front of him? a representative offensive line. Is he going to be a guy that can lead you to the Super Bowl? Probably not. But can he win games and be a productive quarterback? Yeah, if he's got an offensive line. But anybody can. Darnell has no offensive line in front of him. i not saying his decision-making has been great. And that offensive line is not going to get any better. The only thing you have with Cam Newton, and he proved this last year in New England, he can still run a little bit. Can't throw. Can't throw at all. But you could do some things with Cam Newton offensively, running the football, and even throwing him the football back. I mean, New England did that a couple times last year, I think, to him for scores. There's things if you're going to use Cam and be creative, you can hang in there, and that's just what they need right now is to hang in there. But you're right, they're going for wins. They're, not going, they're going for ticket sales, and they're going for wins. They're also paying him $10 million. That's $10 million that they're paying him.
3: The problem is when you get creative with Cam, though, he gets hurt. He's 32. He I, had injury I, problems when he was young. younger. I know. Look, I the know. only quarterback I can remember having an eh career and then coming back in his 30s getting signed by a new team and really – producing was when the Colts signed Earl Morrill when they knew that Johnny U was going to be out in 1968 and he won the MVP and took him to the Super Bowl. (laughs) No, but that's the only guy that's gotten signed by a new team in his 30s and kind of done it other than guys in the GOAT conversation. Obviously, Peyton Brady, Montana look good in Kansas City, but you know, Cam's not in the GOAT conversation now. He's not just going to magically be good. He's he's spent. Um,
2: I do think this. Of what they have on the roster, even with him in, the, he's their best chance to win games. I just, I you've backed yourself up with some very good facts here, but I think for people who are in the anti-Cam camp, they're just as emotional. Not so much that Cam is back. I don't think you're mad. Cam is back. I think you just think it's a bad play by ownership. So you should be mad at management and
3: ownership. That's who you should be mad with. Oh, That's what I'm mad with. The goal exactly. of this thing is to win a Super Bowl, and obviously that's not happening this year, so what's going to give you the best chance five, six years from now to win a Super Bowl? And I think that is drafting your future quarterback. I don't think having Cam right now, will you can build a Super Bowl winning team around him. I want one Lombardi. I can die happy if the Panthers <laughs> win one freaking Lombardi. I'll, I, I'll die happy. I think
2: that they are as far from that as they have ever been, and... I think they're gonna. Darnold will be back next year. Now he, because look, they traded him. They know they've got a couple they've traded. For, they got the two years. That was a, a lengthy look under the hood. That, you know, it was more than just a one year. And then we'll see. I Maybe mean, it's a hey, we're gonna commit to you for two years. We'll see. Their plan is not to win games in this in this season and go to the Super Bowl. That, that was not the plan. They wanted to win games. Look, I, I think anything they did early on was a bonus. This was to try and get young guys, especially on that defense, some experience, build that defense because that's that's what they're that's what they're building. If you, I mean, you know this. I'm not telling you anything you don't know, Philip. They're putting together a defense that they think will be a championship level defense. It's a very good defense. It's a defense. This is a defensive football team. This is not an offensive juggernaut. This is a defense. And, and again, I think that. We're back to we have the wrong coaches with the style of football team this is. This is a defensive football team that maybe can run the football if you can find some guys on the offensive line. Because, I mean, Darnold, even in his best moments, is nowhere near – I mean, even when they were 3-1 and one or whatever it was, he was, it wasn't like he was just throwing up these huge numbers. He was just not making a ton of mistakes.
3: Well, they were also playing really bad football teams oh, and he didn't you, you, have any but pressure. You could, but you
2: can play; who, you got to play who you're playing. Yeah, I know.
3: But he didn't have any pressure. And the minute he got well, pressure, look, they played Dallas and he then was, he went
2: out there and played not, bad. Well, he, well, they're probably one of the best teams in the FC, But what you have, are the film's out on him now. The book's out on him. And I just don't think the staff makes very good adjustments. But their offensive line is horrible. Even before the injuries, horrible. Horrible. They've got to do something about the odds. It doesn't matter if it's Cam Newton, Sam Darnold, Johnny Unitas the guy backing him up that was in his 30s, whether it's Chill Phil playing quarterback, it doesn't matter. You've got to have an offensive line that's at least representative. I'm not saying you've got to go out and spend a bunch of money, but you've got to go get an offensive line. This is going to sell tickets. And I'm, I'm actually – I'm here with the popcorn because this will be this is a little drama for a team that's otherwise blah, Right? I mean, let's—I mean, let's face it. On the scope of the NFL and stories, they're the biggest story right now in football today. Yeah, for sure. Aaron Rodgers is loving this because these guys. I mean, really, what's the big? What's the big football story today? Other well, than Jim Moore going back to Connecticut. Well, there's
3: OBJ just got a job. Where'd he go? like, according to Schefter, he's finalizing a deal with the Rams. But he it's didn't not say done his Final, but it's no. not done yet. No, not yet. Wait, the Rams are signing him. Well, they got, I think Deshaun Jackson left, I'm pretty sure. He wanted to be traded, and I'm pretty sure they traded him, so they kind of need another. But
2: they're still uh, going for it, though, aren't they? Oh, they are. I like that. I like the fact that in L.A. they're going
3: for it. I like that. But but, but it's not official yet, right? That's just a report? Last I saw, yes, but I have not checked my phone since in the last 15 minutes, okay. obviously. Right. We've been on you're, there.
2: Pro- you're producing this award-winning radio product and doing a fine job, I might add. But would you not agree that that, all right, now when OBJ's yes, that's the big story. But up until that becomes official, it's nothing more than just a uh, a report and the Cam Newton
3: thing's the biggest story in football. Exactly. And this is the first time the Panthers have headlined any foot story in football since right. Cam won the MVP in two thousand fifteen. Right. I mean, this is McCaffrey's great when healthy, but even him coming
2: back was not a story of this proportion. Would you agree? I agree. I'm wondering though, the plan's got to be to start him, not it's got to be to start him on the 21st. It's got to be.: There's no way he's come back to back up P.J. freaking Walker.
3: No, and obviously you can't start him this week. He's never no. been in this system. Right. No, I, I, I'm with you. They the upper management is going to make him start yeah. make rule start him, regardless on the 21st, because like you said, they want to sell tickets. They couldn't care less whether or not he's ready. They just want those tickets. And that soon. game becomes a lot more interesting to television.
2: With Ron Rivera coming back and Carolina having a chance to get back to 500 because they're likely going to lose in Arizona this week. And Cam Newton making his first start.
3: For his old team, and looking at the slate, that is a Fox one o'clock game that week. Oh um, no, they're not going to move it to Prime. No, time no, I'm already. not saying they are, but I'm saying you said it's more must-watch TV. The other Fox one o'clock games yeah. are not very good games, right? So this could end up being kind of the national your, one o'clock game. Right.
2: there's your early window storyline because uh, the artists formerly known as the Redskins are very much a uh, are very much a uh, you know a, a, a draw. Maybe not the draw that the Packers, Steelers, Cowboys, and to a degree the Raiders are, but they're a draw. I would say they're right up there with eh, maybe the Giants. I mean, you know, big market teams, the Bears. I mean, they're right up there. Washington is with them as far as national appeal.
3: Yeah, because they covered so much of the East Coast back right. in the day before the Falcons, before the Panthers, the before Falcons. the Titans were in
2: Tennessee. Your only team was in on the East Coast or the Southeast or below the Mason Dixon Line, were, were the uh, the Fins, the yeah. Fighting Fins
3: exactly yep.
2: yep and they
3: didn't even come until 1960 so some people probably his dads had been even loyal to the then redskins prior to my granddad thinks they're a new team probably
2: probably Miami does. yes my granddad does speaking of uh veterans day great uh great marine there and uh I'm sure he's having a great veterans day today all right mix of sun and cl- did you get everything off your chest I don't I didn't want to what else do you have to say I didn't want to because I know you were fired up about this. Is no, it, I
3: got it all out, and I appreciate you. I asking think you. That. I, I think, I I think got it you. Out.
2: I mean, I understand all your points, but I, I don't think. I think this is a short-term play that could have long-term ramifications.
3: And that is my point exactly.
2: But I, I, this also could be a spectacular failure, and I'm there for that. I'm totally there for that.
3: Are you a Panthers hater? or You just don't like scam.
2: Neither. I just. You know, I love the NFL, but I don't have a team. I'm not, I don't have a singular team that I root for. Never have. It's the one sport that I don't have, you know, that I follow that I don't have rooting interest. I mean, I follow sports that I like, but I have a rooting interest. You know, in baseball, as bad as they are, I root for the Cubs. As mismanaged as they are, I root for the Cubs. But I like baseball. So I'll watch certain baseball games. College, I'm obviously rooting for the Pirates, but I'll watch other college sports. Golf, I you know, I don't really have a... I have a couple golfers I'll root for, but yeah, but I really don't watch the NBA anymore very much. So I don't. When I was a fan, I was a Hornets fan and a Celtics fan. Flipped order. Celtics fan at first, Hornets fan in the 90s. There you go. And then, um, yeah. And then, I mean, if I'm going to watch hockey, I'd probably root rather the Canes win than not win. But I just I don't have any real rooting. In, I mean, I, I, fine with me if the Panthers are good and they play well. Fine with me. But I don't. You know, I'm, I'm not a Washington fan. I'm not a Pittsburgh fan. I'm, I'm but I, I'm here for the, I'm here for, it's like the NBA offseason, all that drama. I'm here for that. I'm not here for the regular season, but I'm here for all the offseason drama.
3: Like you said, you've got your popcorn and yeah. you're ready to watch. I'm here for all the cam drama.
2: I mean, you have to, the, the ridiculous outfit, the complaining he's going to do after he's beat to hell because of that horrid offensive line. Robbie Anderson and Cam
3: Newton in the same huddle. Hell yeah. Robbie's already got drama with Sam Darnold. He was like cussing him on the sidelines last week. You think Cam Newton's going to let
2: Robbie fricking Anderson, that choking dog, cuss him? Heck no. I'm here for the drama, baby. I am here for... I'm probably more interested now in this Panther season than I would have been if Darnold were healthy and still playing. We've seen that movie. This is going to be fantastic because this could be... It's either going to be one of the greatest comeback stories ever or it's going to be a spectacular flame out and even if they're eight and 9 there's still going to be drama
3: i think it's exciting i'm siding with casey he should have called he should have we we told him he said he didn't want me to put him in a bad mood we and ruin his mood for this the
2: day. isn't new york or boston sports radio we wouldn't have let you hammer him
3: that's what i told Did him you well is
2: it a good mood though
3: yeah, he is. He has loved Cam Newton since day one. If he could marry the man, he would. And yeah, I don't know. He's Do just you, so happy. All right. So you have a a Serena Selena Gomez poster. Does he have a Cam Newton poster? Uh, I'm sure he's got at least one, and probably just he's probably the same action figure that Ben's got sitting here in the thing yeah. and all kinds of stuff. Chill. Did you know he had a Selena Gomez
2: poster? Did you know that? No, I
3: did not. Yeah, I don't yeah, want to think about that. Yeah,
2: you, well, you, he, well, I mean, it's they could be better than having you know other posters, but yeah, it's pretty good. All right. Uh, we've gone way long in this opening monologue, but that's okay. Joe Dooley's going to join us today. Uh, let me make a quick announcement here. We've got a couple little house cleaning items. We, of course, have uh, pregame coverage Saturday at 9 in the morning. Our Pirate Game Day – I loved it last year we had the 9 in the morning pregames. We'd go get them done, gone. That will be nice. So we'll get that done this week, 9 o'clock. Our Bush Light Pirate Game Day Countdown, 9 to 11. We'll be in the studio, myself, and – the legendary Terrence Copper. Pirate basketball tomorrow night. Uh, we'll have that for you on 107.9 WNCT at 7 o'clock. 6.30 will be the uh, airtime. Tomorrow, I'm not going to be in. I'm going to be getting ready for the telecast on ESPN Plus for Pirate Hoops. So Ben and Philip are going to carry you through the Friday show. It'll be a regular hour 5 to 6 show because we're not airing pirate basketball on the game. Instead, tomorrow night we're airing Rose in the playoffs. At seven o'clock, do you, who are they playing? In the play, can you guys Google that? Let me know who they're Terry playing. Terry Sanford. No, that's next week. If they win, they would play at Terry Sanford. Oh, really? I, I do know that. Yeah. Okay, look up who they're playing. righty. just Google that really quick and let me know here. But anyway, point is, Rose is playing in the second round tomorrow night against uh, an opponent, and then JP two goes for a state title tomorrow night against Carrie Christian. So uh, we wish them all the best uh, in that. All right, another announcement here. Starting Monday, uh, because I can't say no to anything, I am going to be taking over the McGee spot on Talk of the Town. So I'm going to be on with Henry in the mornings, reunited, and it feels so good, uh, back with a big hit in the mornings. Now, be doing the news, be doing the sports, the wisecracking, the ha-has, the whole nine just as you remembered it years ago. It'll be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. What does that mean with the Patrick Johnson show? Well, I'm still going to be doing it because again, no one likes hearing from me more than I like hearing myself. So we're going to be, we're we're going to still be doing the show. We've built a good audience here. We've got a lot of uh, great listeners and we've done a fine job. We have a great staff and we want to continue to uh, move that in our coverage of ECU and sports here uh, forward. So, We'll be doing the morning show, and then we'll still be doing the Patrick Johnson show here from 5 to to 6 every day, except for days where I have conflicts uh, with other broadcasts potentially, like tomorrow. It it just makes sense to have these guys do the show tomorrow, but before a lot of ECU games, we're going to start doing the pregame show, or the PJ show as a pregame show to basketball uh, out at the arena. We're just kind of tough to do this time of year with crossover and all the other stuff that we've got going on. With Rose and with uh, Edenton who plays tonight on 103.7 in the playoffs at Northeastern, uh, we still got Havelock and one of our other stations. So we just got a lot of a lot of going on around here. Basketball, football that time of year. Our pregame show with football. So uh, we'll be doing uh, the PJ show from the arena probably uh, in December. I think will be the first December uh, show we'll do. Otherwise, I'll do as much of the game day shows as I can for basketball, and if not, either Philip or Ben will will fill in, or they'll both fill in in tandem. So that's the uh, plan there. But uh, nothing changes with the the show because of Talk of the Town. I'll just be on in the mornings uh, with Henry and just annoying him because, let's face it, that's the fun of that is, is annoying the big hen. But no, I'm actually really excited about it. I'm honored that they asked me to do it, and uh, I've always loved being on that program. So it's going to be fun to to be back with Henry. All right, what do you have?
3: Well, first off, congratulations on the new gig, Patrick. And Rose is playing Terry Sanford this week. If they win, they would get the winner 71st, 71st right. in Williams.
2: I'm sorry I doubted you. I'm sorry I doubted you. I should not have doubted
3: you. And it was more of a sure-dumb-luck dumb, dumb luck guess that I made anyway. So.
2: Well, I knew it was a favorable team, but I, I didn't realize they were playing one this round. I just knew because there's there's some possible conflicts if they go next week to 71st with the uh, well with sports and announcing and the whole nine yards. All right. Um we got tickets. Speaking of basketball, to ECU Canisius tomorrow night at four at seven o'clock. A four pack of tickets, and if you're caller five and you win those tickets, you'll also get a four pack of tickets to the Sunday game against Western Carolina. Two five two five six one game two five two five six one four two six three. If you are caller number five, you will win four tickets to tomorrow night's game. ECU and Canisius and ECU and Western Carolina on Sunday. So a pair of family four-packs for you to take in Pirate basketball on two occasions, Friday night and Sunday afternoon. 252-561-GAME, 252 561 Talk more Memphis ECU on the grid and Joe Dooley still to come. Have our Pirate Report for you next.
4: There will be a test.
0: You can log on to the brand new 943thegame.com for the podcast of the PJ Show. Plus, what's going on with sports in Pitt County and around the globe. And the latest on the ECU Pirates. Log on today to the brand new 943thegame.com. You are dismissed.
5: Pirate fans, single game tickets are on sale now for as low as $20 for three great games to come. East Carolina will take on the Bulls of South Florida, the Temple Owls for Hall of Fame weekend, and then Thanksgiving weekend, it's nationally ranked Cincinnati. For tickets, go to ecupirates.com.
6: You can paint this one purple.
5: Join a company that values you. Be a part of Grady White Boat's passionate team of happy, successful people. For over 60 years, they've been a community leader. Grady White also leads with excellent pay, benefits, and a caring company culture, including on-site health clinic, 401K, profit sharing, and resources for personal and career development. Job openings in engineering, customer relations, purchasing, leadership, and all stages of boat building, you can have a lifelong career where you truly enjoy your work. Apply in person online at GradyWhite.com. I'm in the studio with my friend Spruill Alexander, who is the senior vice president for town insurance. And Spruill, people keep coming to town insurance. Tell us why.
0: Henry, it's really simple. It's because of our insurance knowledge, our product choices, our ability to service our clients, and our community involvement.
5: That's true. We see town insurance everywhere. But now let's talk about the choices. What kind of choices are there? What kind of insurance do you handle for people?
0: Our choices are endless. No matter what kind of insurance that you may need, we can handle it for you.
5: And we're talking about business, we're talking about health insurance, we're talking about home and auto, the whole gamut. Yes, sir. All right, so folks, come to town. That's town insurance. And uh, tell us the telephone number they can reach you.
0: 252-756-8300. And the website? Towninsurance.com. Town
5: with an E. Got to put that E on the town. Folks, now is the time to come to town. Town insurance.
6: This year, U.S. Cellular is making a big deal out of the holidays. You can choose any phone from any brand free. That's right. Any phone you see in our store is free. And get unlimited data for our best price of the season. Just $30 a month per line with four lines. Feel the locally grown joy from U.S. Cellular, America's locally grown wireless. Limited time offer. Terms apply. See uscellular.com for details.
5: Now that life is returning to normal, we've found a lot of good things that came from the pandemic. One of them is not having to go to the wireless store anymore. The Cellular Warehouse team has been in the business of delivering phones to your home and office for 20 years. People found out about our free delivery service and they love the ease of getting a new phone, tablet, or hotspot. Call Toby Williams today at 252-799-7051 so you can start experiencing the joy of never going to a wireless store again. 252-799-7051 Cellular Warehouse, your local US cellular authorized agent.
0: And now, Patrick Johnson with today's pirate report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 943 The Game.
3: Today's Pirate Report is brought to you by Main & Mill Oyster Bar and Tavern in downtown wonderful great food and specialty drinks and craft beers. Also by Pitt Greenville Airport, convenient, comfortable to Charlotte and then to anywhere on the globe.
2: Do two more because I think Ben did those yesterday.
3: <laughs> Oopsies. No, that's fine, go ahead. Also brought to you by Greenville Marine Outdoor Shop, your one-stop destination for hunting, fishing, boating, and boating supplies. Also by Farm Bureau Insurance. They believe insurance is more than a product, it's a service. Local agents right here in your backyard. All right. Did you do the uh,
2: Daily Pirate Report like it airs during the day? Have you done that? Or is that tonight you're doing I've I've gotten that done today. Have you? Busy guy. Who won the tickets?
3: Chris won the tickets. Chris from where? Do we know? Do we know where? No. We do not know where Chris is okay. from. Chris won the tickets.
2: Though. All right. Congratulations to Chris. He was a uh, caller fine. All right. Uh, let's hear from the coordinators now. Oh, we have some Matt Rule. We'll, we'll save the Matt Rule stuff. You you can play. I've I, been to play one of those cuts in the beginning, but uh, anyway. All right. Focus. <laughs> all right. This is Blake Harrell and his thoughts on uh, Memphis's offense, which is led by a freshman quarterback.
7: Yeah, a lot, a lot of firepower. Um, the receiver's really, really good. Calvin Alston obviously leads our conference in um, yards, receptions, all, a bunch of numbers, so and then he can fly around. I think he's up for uh, a couple awards nationally. Um, he, he's the number one guy that stands out to you, and, and, and rightfully so. Seth Hennigan, the quarterback, doing a really nice job. You think a freshman quarterback, he's not playing anywhere close to a freshman. Got really good numbers and does a really nice job running their offense. I think he missed the UCF game, uh, a game that they didn't, they didn't win. So I think they're, they're feeling good about having him back. Pirate defensive coordinator uh, said
2: that uh, the Pirate players are excited for new competition.
7: You know, our players are excited to go go play uh, anybody and everybody in our conference and play the top top guys in our conference, and Memphis certainly is. Um, and just put it let, it let it go, you know, just let it ride. and. Go play our, our ball and, you know, how hard can we play? with How much effort can we play? How physical can we play? With 11 hats to the ball and, and create turnovers and do the things we do and, and see where it falls. So they're, they're excited about it. They're up for the challenge. They're preparing every single day, whether it's in the meeting rooms. Um, you know, they're off time on the practice field. They're doing a nice job getting ready for Memphis.
2: Today's Pirate Report and uh, Blake Harrell talked about uh, Memphis's success on fourth down. Pirates have had great success on fourth down this year and so has Memphis.
7: Probably won the game last week if you look back and you know how they were successful last week and what they did to win the ball game. I think they were five out of eight on fourth down and uh, I think they've converted a fourth and 11, fourth and 12. The biggest one we saw you know everyone sees the one on Sports Center was the trick play and hit the tight end down the middle for a score. So uh, if they you know SMU will probably looks at those stops and say if we got those stops you know or just half of those stops we, we have a chance to win the game. So we got to prepare those, you know, on third down. You got to keep in mind, as as players, as coaches, that this might be four down territory. Um, and last week there was a lot of places on the field which four down territory for them. So we got to always be prepared for that, be mindful of that within how we prepare things, how we're doing things, and then when it gets to fourth down, we got to, you know, we got to hang, let it loose and go get it and get off the field. So it's, you know, a fourth down stop, we, we we talk about this in the defense side of the ball, it's like a turnover on downs. It's a it's a turnover for us, so if we get a fourth down stop. That's a turnover. We're off the field. Balls, ball's back to the offense, and here we go. All
2: right, now to Donnie Kirkpatrick, the offensive coordinator. Let's go down to cut eight on the vast soundbite roster. He talks about uh, ECU's struggles on third down this season.
1: The percentage thing, I, I don't really look at it that much, but I've been told about it enough, so and that's okay too. Uh, that we're bad on third down, but we're I think. I, somebody told me this. I didn't know that. We're 11th in the country in fourth down. So I think you have to look at There's not to come up with a new percentage of the way the game's being played now with this new analytics of stuff. You're going to put it together third and fourth down. Now Now how do you rank? Or how are you doing? Because we're doing really well in fourth down.
2: And uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick uh, talking about uh, Memphis's success and his thoughts on the American as a whole. Cut uh, six.
1: Pretty good defensive league right now. You know, a little bit the offenses are not, not matching maybe the defense, which normally this league's been, you know, more of the arena ball type thing, I guess, reputation wise. What they're, they're also the three safety scheme that has kind of taken hold of this league a little bit. Uh, they're back and forth a little bit with that, though. Uh, they've got a lot of junior college players, so they're, they're, uh, they're experienced. They got some older guys, even though they haven't been there, but they run well, really counted at linebacker uh, secondary really runs well. They're used to playing a fast paced game. So, uh, they've had, they've had some really good games and then they've had a few games where they've struggled.
2: All right, let's squeeze this in, uh, Donnie talking about Mason Garcia.
1: But you know what? Like he said, son, he's like, you know, coach, when you, when you get out there and get a chance to play, it just fires you up a little bit. He said, I really couldn't wait to get back out here Sunday, you know, and, and, and practice because, I realize, man, I really do like playing. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I know there is a point in there, and the backup quarterback, it can be the best job in, in the world. Probably if you're in the NFL and you're getting paid, it's really probably a pretty good gig. You know what I'm saying? Just be the backup quarterback. Everybody loves the backup quarterback because he, he don't make no mistakes. But it's also hard when you're a competitor and, you, you know, you want to play. You know what I'm saying? You want to play.
2: All right. Uh, Pirates are going to wear white pants, white jerseys, and black helmets at Memphis. I like the white helmet. I've always liked that, but the Pirates never play well in the white head to toe. So, black helmet with the white jersey and pants. All right, that's today's Pirate report. Joe Dooley coming up. Are you ready for an update? I am. You got a. Why don't you? Can you work one of these Matt Rule cuts in? Because I already have. Great. All right. So Matt Rule on the Cam Newton signing by the Panthers today. Ninety-four-three. The game update. Here is uh, Philip, the ref, Pilkington, and then Joe Dooley joins us on the show.
3: Thanks, Patrick. Philip Pilkington here with your 94-3 The Game sports update from the NFL. The Cowboys are expecting Randy Gregory to miss multiple weeks with a calf injury, and the Panthers have signed former MVP Cam Newton to a deal that could be worth as much as $10 million, with 4.5 guaranteed. Matt Rule says that they are taking things one day at a time.
1: You know, PJ's job is just to go be the quarterback. Again, I'm, I can't do hypotheticals. Obviously, we brought Cam here because of who he is as a quarterback, and we brought him here to play. Um, but you know, we're not looking into the future. We, we just got to get him here, get him you know, get him physical, start teaching uh, you know, him what we do. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I talked to Cam. He, he told me he feel, he's healthy and feels great. as healthy as he's been. So a healthy Cam Newton's a special player. So um, we'll just take it day by day.
3: According to Adam Schefter, the Rams are trying to finalize the deal with Odell Beckham Jr. There's some Thursday night football tonight as the Ravens go to Miami to face the Dolphins. The Ravens are eight and a half point favorites in college football. Carolina goes to Pitt tonight. The Pitt Panthers are favored by six and a half. The Tar Heels at five and four looking to win tonight to be bowl eligible. Pitt is four and one in league play and looks to stay on top of the Coastal Division with a win and try to make it to the ACC title game. UConn has named Jim Mora. Yeah, the younger Jim Mora, not the older one, their head coach. That'll do it for your 94.3 The Game Sports update. Joe Dooley joins the P-Man after this timeout.
0: And act- Pirates. Later. Panthers. Go, baby. baby the P-Man. Uh, but it's pants. This is Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. 94-3 the game. The flagship station of the ECU Pirates.
5: Attention business owners and management, Roebuck Staffing of Greenville and Newbern is here for you. Will Roebuck and his staff are committed to fulfilling your staffing needs. Whether you're a contractor, a manufacturing company, or if you just need janitorial or clerical work for your business. Roebuck Staffing also does temporary to permanent and direct hiring. Roebuck Staffing is your trusted partner for all all of your staffing needs and employment opportunities call Robux Staffing at 252-364-8700 or find them online at robuxstaffing.com Need $1,000 to
3: $10,000 immediately for a gift for someone special, car repairs, or unexpected expenses? Time Financing Service offers competitive loan rates. Apply online and get your answer in less than an hour in most cases. Then you can pick up the cash at any of our 24 convenient locations. Apply online 24-7 at timefinancing.com. That's timefinancing.com. Time-financing
6: All loans subject to current credit policy of time
4: financing service. One-hour loan approval and same-day cash in most circumstances, exceptions may apply.
6: Due to the chip shortage, the Regional Car Buying Group is now coming to New Bern for a one-day pop-up buying event, and they want to buy your car. If you want to sell your car and don't want to hassle with the dealerships that won't give you what your car is worth, Come to the Regional Car Buying Event at the Newburn Convention Center. One day only, Saturday, November 13th. Drive up, get an offer you can't refuse, and walk away with a check at this pop-up event, November 13th, at the Newburn Convention Center in downtown Newburn. Regional Car Buying Group will make you a great offer and buy it on the spot, no matter the year, make or model. Get to the New Bern Convention Center Saturday, November thirteenth, for this one-day event from 10 a.m. till 5 p.m. All you need is your title or payoff information. A valid registration, All title holders, along with the photo ID. Oh, and don't forget all the keys and remotes, too. Want more information and to know what to bring? Go to regionalcarbuyingevent.com. No purchase necessary and no appointment required. Just drive up. See you at the Regional Car Buying One Day Event, Saturday, November 13th at the New Bern Convention Center.
4: First, we decide where we want to go. Then, we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars, we'd rather pass that value on to you.
0: Number one sports show is back. Understand? Yeah, I understand. I'm no, Yeah, I'm ready. It's the Patrick Johnson Show on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, ninety-four-three. The game.
2: Tomorrow night, East Carolina back on the hardwood. Pirates will be taking on Canisius. Uh, Inside of Williams arena Minji's Coliseum, 7 o'clock, we'll have uh, coverage on 107.9 WNCT, the 100,000-watt flamethrower for uh, Pirate Athletics uh, at 6.30 and then 7 o'clock. And then, of course, uh, Cy and I will be on the ESPN Plus uh, call. Coach Joe Dooley joining us here on the Patrick Johnson Show as we uh, uh, get ready to uh, talk about the uh, season opener for ECU and also look at the two games this uh, weekend. Uh, Coach Dooley, thanks a lot for the time as always. Appreciate it. How are you Patrick? Doing well. I guess the question is how are you? I mean I, I know there's some things you could point to as far as instruction goes for your team uh, but you d- you guys did get a win and that's always a good thing.
8: Yeah I mean it, it is and it is. I mean I, I, the weird thing is I thought that we handled situations that we hadn't seen probably better than situations we had seen in some regards and that was a little uh, concerning and We've been working a ton on transition defense, and that was our biggest problem. And flip side of that was we, we saw a number of actions that uh, that we hadn't seen South Carolina run because we didn't have any tape on them, and guys handled things that we hadn't seen playing their principles better than we did with stuff that we had seen. Coach, offensively, it seemed like
2: you were getting the shots you wanted. Again, maybe uh, struggling a little bit with the touch from the perimeter, but you also got a lot of easy looks inside that uh, just, just you didn't make. Was that a case of just a tough shooting night, or maybe you guys were sped up a little more on offense than and maybe in a little bit of a hurry too much?
8: I thought that we were sped up offensively, and I you know we talked about it slowing down. I thought we had a bunch of easy shots at the rim that we missed, layups and some post ups. Uh, I did think that we had, probably of the the amount of threes that we we probably took three or four bad threes that we shouldn't have taken, but the rest are more open. Uh, we've got to make some. I mean, when you when you shoot thirty two and twenty two, it's thoroughly disappointing. And the free throws, you know, we, yeah. we we took our own momentum away by missing five in a row from the free throw line, uh, which uh, you know, I, I, there's no excuse for that. We talked about it. we've been we shoot free throws every day and shoot them pre, uh, shoot around and all those type of deals. So that's that's a bit of a concentration and a mental deal, but. Uh, you know, I'm looking at the numbers: 32, 22, and 57 or 59. I can't remember exactly which was one of those think It was 59, but uh, you, you know, you, you say those are horrendous numbers, which they are, and we still scored 70 points, and that's that, that's a uh, it's disappointing, but it's also uh, probably a little bit encouraging.
2: You know, uh, Tristan Newton, coach, I think, admittedly, would say he did not play his best game, but he really, in my opinion, stepped up for you at the end and, and made plays and was willing to step up to the line and knock down those big free throws late.
8: Yeah, I mean, I think Tristan was careless with the ball. I mean, that's, that's the thing. He's, he's usually good with, you know, he, his assist turnover ratio as a freshman was very good in his assist turnover. But he had, you know, one, you know, he dribbled off his foot one time. He had two or three where the guy just sort of got underneath him and, and, and just you know, made a play on the ball. And he's got to play lower. We talked about that. I think he'll continue to get better at that. But playing low with the ball when you're a 6'5 guard is important because, you know, they had five nine, five ten guys getting underneath them and really pressuring them.
2: Uh, and then a real nice debut for uh, the JUCO transfer, uh, the kid out of the triangle area. Uh, we talked yeah. about him a lot during the telecast. That's Brandon Johnson. Double-double uh, for you all in uh, his first uh, game in an ECU uniform. And he seemed to really bring some some good energy. One thing I, I was going to ask you afterwards, we didn't have the chance to talk, but you – took a little bit of a gamble and ended up paying off. You had to get him back in and you took that time out with over four minutes to go and it kind of left you with, without wanting your back pocket. But that was sort of, a, I viewed that coach as a calculated risk that you kind of had to take because you needed to get him back in at the time.
8: Well, we, we need to get him back in. And we also had, you know, he had four fouls. So we were trying to play the percentage, you know, we were switching on defense so that puts you in a little bit of harm's way because you could get caught on a guard because they were playing small, uh, so I do think that, uh, you know, he we needed him in the game. I thought he had some big stops. Uh, you know, he, he had a big steal and a run out. He had a big block. And he had another good defensive play where he didn't block it. He just did his play, did his job and didn't let the guy get close enough to the basket and made him take a hard shot, which is very important.
2: Um, uh, coach, anybody else that, uh, you know, individually that, that you thought uh, had some bright moments? And then who are some guys you're going to be looking for a little more out of tomorrow night?
8: Well, I think like the, the biggest disappointment to me in a lot of regards was our shot selection at, at, at points. We Our spacing we, we was, was bad. We were sped up. We had too many guys below the free throw line. Uh, we, we weren't in our, our high slots or the NBA slots like we talk about. And, you know, when we threw the ball inside, I don't you know we, we didn't get the production that we need. I, I do think that those guys will continue to get better. I, I didn't think Luigi had one of his better games. He was very disappointed. I think he'll bounce back because he's had a, not a good ball Really good fall, and uh, that was a rough night for him. But um, I did think that BJ or Brandon had picked it up. And I thought that Vance obviously had a double double. Vance Jackson had a double double. We got some minutes and some points from uh, obviously from from Alanzo Frank. man mm-hmm. uh, I, I do think that the flip side of the deal is we need to shoot the ball better from the perimeter. I mean, I think that that we had a bunch of open looks, and uh, we, you know, we talked about it all the time. You know, the ball going in the basket can't, doesn't dictate how you play. Now, you know, if if it doesn't win the basket, now you got to guard even harder, which in the first and the second half, I thought we did.
2: We've got Joe Dooley on the line with us uh, here. Patrick Johnson show Pirates and Canisius tomorrow night at seven o'clock Williams Arena Minji's Coliseum. And you can hear the game on our uh, sister station, 107.9 WNCT, the flagship of the Pirates. Canisius, uh, the Golden Griffins uh, go down to Miami and lose by uh, 10 in their opener. And they've made the trip up here to uh, Greenville. Think they got into town uh, late yesterday. Uh, But Malik Green led them with uh, 21. You know, we talked about the COVID issues that your program faced, but Canisius had this just wild gaps and like a 40-plus day COVID break last year. Uh, You know, different team this year, obviously. But, I mean, just to to go through that and somehow kind of hold it together and cobble together a winning record I think speaks to – to the job that Coach Witherspoon has has done there,
8: Reggie's very well respected. Done a really good job. Got a lot of guys back. The kid Green is the bully on the block. Fritz is a good player. Henderson's you know 41% three point shooter. Gofana is the point guard. Is a good player. Uh, you know they've they've done a nice job. Of, of, you know they're very system oriented. I think Reed is a good player. You can play It's a three four is sort of a combo forward. He's been around uh very good at what they do very good at what they run uh stick with their system have a lot of wrinkles and and they know what they're doing
2: and then joe uh just looking ahead western carolina on sunday uh they won uh i don't know if it was one overtime or multiple overtimes but they won their uh opener and uh, they've got a new coach and uh coach gray there and uh you know he's he's trying to build a program
8: well, I, I think he inherited a pretty good situation. Coach Prosser that left and went to Windsor did a really good job and uh, really got those guys up and running. Coach Gray will do a really good job. I know that we've seen him out on the recruiting trails quite a bit, so uh, I do think that, you know, it's good to get off to a start when you have a new coach trying to instill what he wants to run. I think that you know, there was a little bit of a transition, but uh, they're playing hard, just like Coach Madlock's guys did the other night.
2: Yeah. No, uh, and that's the other, I'm glad you mentioned that. I mean, I, I thought, uh, Coach Matlock had his his guys ready to go, and his son is going to be a heck of a basketball player.
8: Uh,
7: is he son's you know, really
8: good? I mean, his, uh, from an athletic standpoint, from a decision making standpoint, uh, he made some plays, and you could tell he's a coach's son. He, I mean, he had a driving kick where he threw the ball exactly where you're supposed to throw it, and it wasn't an easy play. He made it. He made a very difficult play look routine.
2: Yeah,
8: and that that's that's the sign of high basketball IQ. Uh, I'm glad for Tony. He's a really good guy. He's been around. Uh, had a good talk with him pre and post game, and and I think he'll do a really good job with 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 South Carolina State.
2: Yeah, they're going to beat some people in the MEAC this year, and uh... yeah, they are.
8: They've got they can score in the paint. They can, you know, they can. They're like us. They're going to have to make some jump shots. They didn't make a lot of threes the other night. Made five. They're going to make some threes, and that'll really extend the floor. The kid, the junior college kid number eleven, when he figures it out, he's a out he's a a, a dynamic shooter uh gray and i I think he's a guy that can really light it up in spurts i thought tremont did a really good job guarding him
2: i i I was about to say robinson white kind of shut him down i he he did a really good job because that kid was was making plays early on uh joe couple quick other things and again we appreciate the time you know in an optimal situation how many threes uh in, in kind of you know, if you guys are running your offense like you want, how many threes do you feel like you know? Ideally, you would average a game making. That's kind of a, an odd question, but you, i would just be curious to kind of find that out. You know, if you could get everybody healthy, get everybody going like you want,
8: you'd like to be you know in the in the upper eight to nine plus range. I mean, if you can get it nine and a half. Now we made six the other night. That's not a good number. Uh, now we shot twenty-seven. Uh, which, I, going back, we probably would have preferred to shoot about twenty-four or twenty-five. Uh, probably twenty four. Three of my were, you know, we had one step back and a couple other ones that we probably shouldn't have taken. Uh, though they were being aggressive, or guys were being aggressive. I, you know, we could get in the eight and a half to nine range. I think that would really help our offense.
2: The Luigi three was a little. I, I, that was a little much even for me, Coach. I, I looked at that and I said, "Whoa!"
8: <laughs> yeah, that was an interesting reaction from the crowd. I think mean, it was probably about the same. As, I, I mean, that, that that reaction with the crowd was about the same as when I I coached the guy that tipped scored in the wrong basket one time. Oh. Sort of a little bit of a, um, hmm, you know, what, what was that? So, uh, I, to tell you the truth, I wouldn't have minded a step in three, which he's, he's really, really shot pretty well. But that was a three where his balance was going back towards half court. You, you've got to have your momentum and your balance going towards the basket if you're going to shoot a three.
2: Coach, hey, I always appreciate your time and uh, looking forward to seeing you tomorrow night. Uh, and uh, best of luck against Canisius. Thanks, Patrick. There he is, uh, Joe Dooley, Pirates and Canisius tomorrow night. We got ECU football coming your way at 3 o'clock on, uh, excuse me, high noon on uh, Saturday, and we'll be on the air at 9 a.m. with our Bush Light Pirate Game Day Countdown. Uh, we had our pirate report a minute ago. We've got a, a couple minutes here left in the show today. But I wanted to hit this uh, here. I mean, obviously, you, you can't help but know that ECU has an opportunity to secure their sixth win, and that would give them a, an opportunity to go bowling. But much like last week, Mike Houston, he ain't hearing that noise. This is what happened when he was asked about it. Hey, eh, coach, if we go to the postseason.
5: Zero. None. We're playing Memphis. That's it.
2: <laughs> I mean, he was like asking, you know, what do you think or what have you talked about? How much you t- have you guys talked about? I think that was the question.
3: He asked, was there any talk about it in the locker room?
2: Yeah, and Mike Houston's response once again was zero, none. We're playing Memphis. Boom Up tip. I like it. Locked in and loaded. Thank you, Chill. I appreciate it. Good to see you today. Were you be here Saturday? All right, Chill. Phil will be back Saturday, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe. I don't. do. Was he? Is he in Saturday?
3: Uh, it's his call. I All mean, right. Ben and I would love to have him in here.
2: I'll bring you a Bojangles biscuit or something. All right. I forgot it was a uh, in-studio thing, so you uh, you don't have to come if you don't want to. Stay home and chill. Thus, Chill Phil. Thanks to Chill Phil today, the ref, Philip Pilkington, Ben, and uh, the ref will get you through tomorrow. I'll see you on TV this weekend, Talk of the Town Monday, and back here for the Patrick Johnson Show Monday and pregame show Saturday at 9 a.m.
5: It's time to think about gift giving and Bertie County Peanuts has all you need to make everyone on your list happy. Whether you need gifts for friends and family or business appreciation gifts for clients and colleagues, Bertie County Peanuts has you covered. Check out their selection of gourmet products online at BertieCountyPeanuts.net. Call them at 800-457-0005 or visit them in Windsor at Powell and Stokes. Bertie County Peanuts, a Christmas tradition all over North Carolina.